Hey there, I'm Natalia. And I'm Steven. Welcome back to another episode of Y2 Series. A podcast that hopes to give you insights and initiate more conversations on issues among youth. In this episode, we'll talk about can women be in Indonesian politics? So, it's been one month since we've made our last episode and we've heard really great reviews from everyone. Um, they said that they really love the debate um, concept of this um, new Y2 series. But yeah, this time definitely. it's going to be a little different again because uh, we're going to have a guest speaker, which I will introduce in a few moments. Um, but before we start, I'll probably make a little bit of on the why I made this podcast or why we made, we decided on this topic is because we've actually talked about this topic a while ago and we wanted to, uh, we wanted this to be a follow up to our feminist episode and, yeah. and we want to address the, um, how the, the situation of the gender equality situation in Indonesian politics, um, because we deem it as crucial. And, um, also because lately there have been talks about the RUU PKS, if you guys have heard about it, about, um, undang undang, um, kekerasan seksual. Um, and that's something that has been hot. And so we want to maybe address a little bit of that, but we want to address the greater root of the problem, which is gender um, equality in Indonesian politics. So without further ado, um, I'll introduce my guest speaker, my beloved friend, Kak Gibi. Hello. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hey, nice. Kak So Gibi. she is the um, founder of Girls Can Lead organization. And yeah, you want to introduce what you've been up to and what the organization is about? Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me today. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the founder of Girls Can Lead. Uh, it's an organization that I founded about four, almost like five years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, our focus initially is to promote uh, women's participation in the discussion regarding politics. Mm-hmm. Hence, uh, our initial name is actually Perempuan Politik or Women mm-hmm. in Politics. But then mm-hmm. we uh, kind of expand ourselves. We don't want uh, women to be on- to only be a leader uh, in politics, but also in any sector that mm-hmm. uh, they are passionate about. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we change our name to Girls Can Lead eventually. Right. So, um, professionally, I'm currently working in, in one of uh, the local NGOs in Indonesia that focus on uh, conservation uh, and promoting uh, South uh, promoting Eastern Indonesia. But uh, I just I just started to work there. Actually, I just uh, went back from the UK about two months ago. Mm-hmm. I just recently obtained my um, master degree in public policy. Yay! Nice. So, yay! <laughs> Definitely. Oh, look at look at you go. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we've heard a little bit about what Girls Can Lead is about. Um, we'd be digging into that um, in the later parts of the episode. Sure. But. Um, before that, we'd probably ask a little bit more about Gabby's um, perspective on um, little on some things on some feminist issues in Indonesia. But okay. yeah, so what is feminism yeah. to you? For for me, it's quite simple. It's mm-hmm. when uh, men and women uh, got the same opportunities, mm-hmm. or even uh, those who doesn't um, like 
align with any of uh, like man- gender that I mentioned before. Uh, anyone have the same opportunity to mm-hmm. uh, reach uh, their most or their highest potential. So mm-hmm. without uh, in regards of their gender. So as as for me, uh, personally, feminism for women is as basic mm-hmm. as that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's quite simple, but sometimes uh, because of like what cultures or religious perspective, religious thoughts, people make it quite um, like complicated or hard mm-hmm. to understand. But for me, it's as simple as that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about um, religious and um, um, conservative or um, traditional values because um, I guess this is kind of related to feminism in Indonesia in general, not feminism yep. as yep. A, in, mm-hmm. in global. Um, I I just found out that after the the elections in the 17th of April, there is a movement called Indonesia Tanpa Feminists. Have you heard of that? Yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah, Indonesia <laughs> without feminists. I've never heard of that, but apparently it's a campaign of basically rejecting the value of feminism because mm-hmm. of it says that it's a Western value and it's, um, it's something that is contradicting to Indonesia's traditional values and some members would claim it as contradicting to Islamic values. Um, what do you think of this? Um, for me, like personally, I'm I'm also a religious person, I can say, mm-hmm. but um, I try to read more from from like the historical and philosophical perspective as well recently mm-hmm. about like my own religion, and like I speak also with couple of other people, uh, like from uh, other religions in Indonesia mm-hmm. such as mm-hmm. Islam, and uh, there is a lot actually of like historical and philosophical values from uh be it islam or catholic or christianity yeah. that actually promoting feminism so mm. uh, again uh sometimes we clung to the perspective that we want to believe in hence we only find try to find out about information that uh supporting our own understanding of mm-hmm. what is the religion or what is feminism? So my takes on that is actually try to read uh, more, mm-hmm. and also try to speak people uh, with people from different different backgrounds. I I try to mm-hmm. talk with my friends who have quite a conservative Islamic perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sense that I don't necessarily have to agree with them, but I get the perspective why they think what they thought. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. My takes personally, I uh, I don't like the approach to really uh, like hardcore impose what I believe in, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to educate myself and I'm trying to educate others like what I think is actually mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what important is actually the room for conserva- uh, conversation and the room mm-hmm. to like just really get to know uh, this side of the perspective mm-hmm. and don't really condemn each other's. So in terms of like Indonesia tanpa feminism, like I don't really agree with the approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree that uh, like what people try to impose what they believe in in me. But I understand where they are cr- coming from. That's what I can say. 
Yeah, definitely. I also agree that just recently, I feel like Indonesia uh, citizens in general has been mentioning a lot about how this liberal views they mentioned are Western views and everything along that line. So what do you think actually about that? Do you actually agree that the West Western culture has some influence in bringing feminism back to Indonesia? Or like, for me personally, I believe that feminism has actually been something that been that has been rooted in Indonesia's culture as well with Kartini and everything along mm. and uh, the history that we have but it's just like people believe that uh, this is more of a western culture and I want to know your opinion on that okay in terms of like uh, feminism as a western culture uh, probably people see that Uh, because of the recent global movement such as uh, Me Too that really um, like advocating uh, the importance of having like women's voice, women role in leadership. But yeah. does that uh, for me personally is an Indonesian, uh, uh, sorry, it's a Western uh, perspective or Western culture? Not really actually. If we take a look at the history, Indonesia Um, way before Islam or even Christian enter into yeah. the picture, uh, we're actually quite feminist if we want to go with like the academic de- uh, definition of feminism. Uh, because if you see like the history, you know, like the, uh, what, the empire back then, many of them was led actually by a woman. It's way before Kartini. Yeah, uh, there's like a very well known, um, Queen named Tunga Dewi, if you have ever mm. heard about them, mm-hmm. uh, way back when we we're still uh, heavily influenced by the Hinduism and B- Buddhism. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Indonesia, uh, are we really like that? Um, uh, are we really not uh, inherently, if we want to, s- what say in terms of like geographically, mm-hmm. uh, not feminist? No, because yeah. then. Uh, We also have lots of like terms such mm-hmm. as ibu pertiwi, things like mm-hmm. that is actually mm-hmm. referring to how uh, women is uh, play a very important role uh, back then. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then uh, it started to reverse actually when uh, the Dutch came into the yeah. picture and they bring mm-hmm. Christianity uh, influence to Indonesia and then like Islamic uh Uh, perspective as well and it yeah. kind of become uh, more heavily uh, what uh, it, it heavily influenced the perspective of uh, women's uh, gender roles um, yeah, yeah. in Indonesia during Suharto era yeah. when uh, because during that time they really like compartmentalize mm-hmm. women as uh, solely like this Uh, the spouse and they're mm-hmm. they only focusing women on uh, like doing uh, household duties yep. yeah, so exactly. if we really refer to the um, what to the history actually no mm-hmm. but yep. that uh, yeah. that's why I say I say time and times again is it really like a western culture not mm-hmm. really it depends mm-hmm. where, where do you see it if you see yep. it like from yep. the perspective of like 2000 Uh, centuries probably mm-hmm. yes because mm-hmm. uh, it makes a comeback and uh, mm-hmm. it happened that uh, the comeback comes from the western culture and mm-hmm. we got in 
much of our entertainment knowledge from that part of the world. But yeah. is it really not an Indonesian culture? Hmm, we have yeah. to like dig deep, like from where uh, from where your perspective coming from. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I agree with that. I feel like yeah. I've been researching about it as well, and it seems mm-hmm. like uh, if feminism has actually been really. Uh, inside of Indonesia's culture and history with mm-hmm. the back until the empire movement. Definitely, I agree with that. For sure. Mm. Um, I think one last question regarding feminism. Um, okay. So this is an article I found from ABC News, I think. It says something, um, Aliansi Cinta Keluarga Indonesia, which is like uh, the yeah. family mm-hmm. um, alliance, mm-hmm. says that um, feminism is not only that it's a Western value, which you've answered, but it's also an elitist movement, meaning that only the women, the elite women in Indonesia can care about feminism because mm. some uh, women that are in the lower socioeconomic um, sectors or with having lower socioeconomic status don't have the privilege to um, care about feminist issues and their main source of income is from the husband and their main source of capability is uh, household work. So yeah. what, what do you think of this um, statement yes. that feminist is an elite movement? Um, no, because I, for me, mm. uh, it's not an elitist issues because I've been working mm-hmm. a lot uh, mm-hmm. from Girls Can Lead and also from the work that I've done now uh, mm-hmm. with the NGOs. I've been working a lot with uh, women outside of even Java, outside of Java Island. So Girls Can Lead, we've been working with women in Poso, in Ambon, in a uh, mm-hmm. couple of places in Maluku. Yeah. And uh, most of them can't really relate with feminism from mm-hmm. even from like the local perspective. For example, uh, we just, uh, this weekend actually, and last weekend, we have this, um, event called Girls Fighting Marine Debris, uh, mm-hmm. where we do couple of, uh, events in couple of points in Poso. Uh, yeah. so we do workshops about the importance of preserving the environment and how important the role of women. Because mm-hmm. many of the, um, fisher, uh, men, fisher women, uh, mm-hmm. that working on like the fishers industry, theirs is actually not only men, but also women. Yep. Yeah. So, exactly. and, uh, women takes a really important part as well in the industry. So mm-hmm. uh, they totally can relate like how it is important to also supporting the women mm-hmm. because they're the one who also, uh, like bring something to the table or for example yeah. in Ambon uh mm-hmm. women is actually uh a very important actor in championing uh the peace agreement uh, after mm-hmm. the uh religious conflict that happened in Maluku okay. a couple of years ago yep. and mm-hmm. uh so i think gender uh I always believe like gender play an uh, important role, uh, important yep. role in any uh, field of life, in any yep. uh, in different uh, structural sector. Probably mm-hmm. why it was being said that it's an elitist issues mm-hmm. because uh, again in like the uh, feminist movement during the two thousand centuries. Uh, it start to getting hype again because of like mm-hmm. the Me Too movement or yep. Lean In that was advocated yep. by Sheryl Sandberg. Yep. Yes, it comes from like the 
uh, top 1% or probably mm-hmm. from the middle class, upper class mm-hmm. uh, societies. Yeah. But mm-hmm. It's not necessarily just their issues. Their issues mm-hmm. is they're talking more about uh, women in high leadership role, but it's mm-hmm. still yeah. pretty much relevant as well for those of from lower or middle income uh, communities. It's just in different aspect in different yep. sectors of their Feels. life. Yeah. Mm. No, that's really interesting that you brought up all these experiences, I guess, first-hand experiences in um, different parts of Indonesian provinces. Um, but yeah, moving on to what our main episode topic is about. What is the uh, gender equality situation in Indonesian politics, would you say? Uh, okay, uh, probably I have to say, like, I'm not an uh, active politician myself. I haven't yeah. run or not yet run for uh, the <laughs> office, but obviously yeah. I've yeah. been working quite close with a mm-hmm. couple of politicians uh, yeah. in the past. Uh, I started my career mm-hmm. as an intern at the office of the governor of Jakarta during mm-hmm. um, Ahok's era. So, And then mm-hmm. I joined his campaign. So I can, mm-hmm. I, I guess I can say like I got some like... Uh, special seats to like see mm-hmm. like the developments of um mm-hmm. women in politics during my experience uh yeah. there so uh the situation i think uh it started to get better if mm-hmm. we want to see from like the number uh the number of representation perspective mm-hmm. uh we can see like compared to the previous uh administration like the in the second term of jokowi the number of yeah. women who was was elected as the parliament member is increasing mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. uh in terms of percentage but uh i think we still indeed have lots of um homework to do as well mm-hmm. uh the number is important yes mm-hmm. uh i think when the number represent uh, an opportunity a chance uh or uh, for other women, it means like uh, if we see like the number increasing, it gives us confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always believe like you, uh, aside from religion, but uh, you can uh, be motivated motivated if you see someone like you uh, yep. anywhere. So yep. with the, the numbers that keep increasing, it means like we have somewhat that at least we can look up to to, in terms of numbers. But uh, this is also what I learned during my master uh, program Mm -hmm. is the number also aligned with the fact that they produce more policies that supporting women? Not really. Because Mm -hmm. it goes back to uh, the the what? The uh, education about uh, gender equality uh it goes back to the um like political will of those women because um r- most of the time uh no not most of the time but the cases um the women yes increasing but mm-hmm. mo- most of them uh sitting in the parliament recently mm-hmm. not really because they have uh, like the political will to also bring up other women's or supporting right. women issues right right most of the time, right. they are only someone that related to uh, some people that are also part of political dynasty mm-hmm. or they have like previous career. Uh, I'm not bashing those who 
come from, for example, entertainment industry and then run for the office. But then most of the time they just being elected simply because they're quite well known uh, mm-hmm. with the public, mm-hmm. but doesn't really have the uh, the political will political to like fight political experience. Mm-hmm. Experience, uh, I don't say it's quite necessary as well, to be honest, mm-hmm. on my experience. But if you mm-hmm. have the political will, you know what mm-hmm. you're fighting for, it right. totally make a difference. And I don't yeah. see it yet. Because mm-hmm. the fact uh, uh, the fact that RUPKS still haven't got, uh, mm-hmm. uh, haven't been signed is the uh, example of that. That they yeah, don't yet have sign. the political will to fight for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's my takes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think she's brought in a lot of points there in her answer, starting from the increase in the number of women. But again, she questions whether or not, uh, which, um, whether or not numbers translate to policy makings that support mm-hmm. um, women itself. And yeah, I think from it, it really resembles my research as well, which is there is a significant increase in the number of women for the, starting from 8.8% in the 1999 election, coming to um, about 17.3%. This is political mm-hmm. participation in voting. So it shows that women are increasingly active in um, politics. But again, um, whether or not it's translated to policies are you know, ah, so what I'm sharing here is yeah. the fact that the numbers mm-hmm. of women in politics are actually definitely increasing. It's just mm-hmm. that the voices that they give for all these policies to be made mm-hmm. are just not enough yet. Is that what I'm getting yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Ah, okay. Then. That that's really interesting though, because for sure I feel like com- uh, in politics, as what you've we've mentioned before, it's just that how. Uh, compared to several countries such as America, uh, United States of America, and some other countries who have developed already, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited the fact that we already had our first women president uh, since a long time ago. I can say, and I want to know what's your opinion on that. Actually, like, does that uh, show that actually Indonesia cares about? Uh, doesn't really consider about how women shouldn't be in politics since a long time or how does that work compared to some of these other developed countries who already never had women in that power Mm -hmm. yeah okay uh it's actually quite related with my uh statement earlier uh seeing is believing so i believe it's on that part it's good Obviously, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at least we have the examples that someone, uh, a woman, uh, used to, uh, be a president in Indonesia. But then it brings, uh, me to the next question again, uh, whether, uh, it's enough or not, because, mm-hmm. uh, we know, yes, she, she, uh, she, she was a president, but then, the process of getting her into that place is uh, rather uh, unconventional, <laughs> I can mm-hmm. say, because mm-hmm. Megawati at that time, uh, regardless of her pres- uh, her accomplishment, but yeah. she was we know she was there because of her family background. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, if we want to push further for like a more access for more women to run for the office obviously we not we need more examples like yep. uh from someone who probably uh have uh being elected not because of her family relation yep. or her family mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. and going through like 
the regular campaign because I will say that uh, the situation on her is uh, quite extraordinary. So it's not like mm-hmm. a regular election per se. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my take. It's a good start, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we need more. Obviously, yeah. no, I think that's a really good point. Getting there uh, is important because it shows whether or not there was public support, which yeah, mm-hmm. I think explains whether the case or not it's with, accessible. Mm-hmm. Because like right. uh, yes. most of the time, when I mm-hmm. especially when I speak to the girls like uh, in Poso in Maluku, mm-hmm. one of like their most their most urgent question is: Is it accessible for them? to mm-hmm. even not, not particularly on politics but mm-hmm. just to uh like reach uh their highest potential yeah. because accessibility is the most important thing like right. we can put lots of examples but if yep. we cannot uh told them like this is how you can access your dream yep. uh it's hard for them you know to relate uh if we uh because the example is someone from a very like well-known uh, notable family background yeah uh, hence it's not accessible for anyone right yeah it's definitely mm-hmm. two different situations for both of them right yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's quite interesting because i guess um you're aware of this as well that um since 2003 the requirement for political party is to have at least 30 women yeah so that's good that yes but Um, what would you say is the main barriers? If because thirty percent is not a small number, and we have a lot of political parties, so ideally speaking, surely there should be a lot of women in political parties. Yeah. Um, but what would you say is the biggest barriers of um these women that you said mentioned in Ambon and Poso to enter the political party in the first place? What would you say are the biggest yeah. challenges? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh. It's uh the cultural barriers, you know, mm. uh, the fact that uh women empowerment, gender equality mm. is something that rather new, at least for this generation, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, and uh for why I say uh, this generation because uh it's related to the historical perspective that I say yeah. earlier, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we are bring up our parents were bring up in the. A uh, situation where most of their uh, mothers are at mm-hmm. home because of yeah. that's how political situation construct the family, how family supposed to be during yep. that time mm-hmm. on the seventies throughout the nineties. Mm-hmm. So in our generation, this is something new again, and yep. uh, for them, it's hard because they don't have the family support, they mm-hmm. don't have uh, the examples. Someone that they can, uh, someone that are close that can they mm-hmm. that they can relate to. If they yep. see their mothers, most yep. of the time they are um, housewife. Not that I condemn housewife, you know. Yep. At yeah, the end of definitely. the day, it's we want everybody to be able to choose. That's the most yep. important thing. If yep. and if they choose that role, it's mm-hmm. okay. But sometimes uh, it's not the case. They mm-hmm. they have to be at home because that's how society sees. Their role supposed to yep. be, so mm-hmm. I I, I uh, what I can say is because of that and lots of um, problems that we are talking about, especially during the girls can lead leadership camp is mm-hmm. the f- uh, because of that most of them are being required to marry early as well. Right, mm-hmm. right. and if right. Uh, women already have like uh, those two uh, 
I wouldn't say burden, but do, those two responsibilities being mm-hmm. like you are asked by your families to be like a good child, hence you marry early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have kids. Uh, it's getting harder to get into the politics because you have to yeah, take definitely. care of your family. You have to mm-hmm. take care of the kids and mm-hmm. uh, you don't have time to like self-actualize or even like be active in things that you want to involve in. That's the first one. And the second one, probably, uh, this is the things that uh, Samara also mentioned yesterday during our conversation, mm-hmm. uh, is the access towards political party. And I guess right. this is something that uh, the political parties in Indonesia have to work on. Uh, they put like the price on involving in politics too high. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there are not many political parties that open for like regular public without we have to pay too much price Mm. so it becomes like a norm such such a norm for people if they want to enter politics you gotta have money first either you you already been working for like 20 (laughs) 30 years or you're some born rich you have like a family business or your own business then you can pay like the mahar to go into mm. the politics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are some political parties that started to be more open but not yet that much right. so yeah it's already making like mm-hmm. a public perception that politics equal expensive right. so yeah that's Makes why sense. so if i could summarize that'd be one cult- cultural and societal upbringing and then the second one would be political cost to run in the yeah. campaign itself yeah what that's, would you say that's pretty interesting to me though because i just realized that recently as well like for example how kanye west was able to join <laughs> being the presidential <laughs> candidate in 2024 yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. and indonesia as well we have some celebrity uh, celebrities who's running in the music and mm-hmm. film industry who's running trying to run for the presidential can- candidate that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting to me because i really realize that in the end, the fact that they have the money and the price to be able to pay for this uh, opportunities Mm -hmm. and that will allow them first instead of others such as like uh, academic backgrounds or further experiences in politics. But it's just the fact that they have Mm -hmm. more money to spend. Yeah, that's pretty really interesting to me, Mm -hmm. especially at this moment. What would you say is um, the relationship about edu- access to education and um, political participation or political opportunities for women? Yes, uh, it's very important. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, basically the very first foundation, like uh, mm-hmm. your of your understanding about what what is politics uh, and what is being a citizen. Sup- are supposed to be and mm-hmm. actually that's one of the reason why we're doing girls can lead as well mm-hmm. uh, our main uh, program is actually called girls can lead leadership camp mm-hmm. and uh we we thought about uh rights basic human rights we thought mm-hmm. about uh how you can be like an active citizen uh even from a local level how you can contribute yeah. to the communities so I yeah. think it's uh, why we focus on that because oh, we believe uh, being educated is the number one thing, uh, like the entrance of you mm-hmm. having like uh, 
an understanding about politics and an understanding how it can really impact your life and why you have to be active in that process. Right. Yeah. When when you started that leadership camp movement, mm-hmm. was there a specific reason that you found out um, that there are flaws in the education system in yes. Indonesia? Or yeah. okay, yeah. So uh, the reason why we do this is mm-hmm. because first we we kind of want to positively discriminate. Uh, we want to do like a positive discrimination uh, project, you know. So we want to target specifically women, high school student, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, because of what we see, uh, like I mentioned before about the cultural barriers, the uh, societal upbringings, uh, we want to kind of like uh, take our girls uh, for a while from their like regular mm-hmm. environment right. and kind of mm-hmm. give them a like different perspective about life. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. And then uh, we want to help them to... Uh, like uh increase their skills uh basic mm-hmm. leadership skills such as public speaking and then critical mm-hmm. thinking teamwork mm-hmm. and uh like problem solving because we mm-hmm. believe that's the fundamental skills that you need to have uh when you want to be like a leader in mm-hmm. any field mm-hmm. and yeah. sometimes when you're already being uh you're already like being raised in certain ways. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have the confidence to really practice this if you're uh, in your day-to-day life. So that's why mm-hmm. we do this project. We try to um, we try to build their confidence, like mm-hmm. just within these communities, yep. yeah. in the hope that uh, when they get home, they are uh, they bring home like a new sense of confidence, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully can. Uh, use what they learn from the camp in their daily life. So, yeah, that's the reason why. I see. Yeah. No, I, I might share a little bit because I volunteered with some... Because I went... I was privileged enough to went, that to go into international schools where I was given mm-hmm. the opportunity to learn these soft skills like what mm-hmm. you mentioned, public speaking, yep. presentation skills, leadership skills. Um but when I volunteer in schools, um, that are local schools, sekolah negeri, mm-hmm. public, public schools in Indonesia or Samarang specifically, it's very different because mm-hmm. majority of the women, especially the high school girls, they didn't want to speak. They're very shy, very timid. Yep. Um, they were never taught how to public speak or make speeches before. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there are some speech competitions, um, but it's mostly not um, creative speech writing. So it's like yes. reading, let's say, proclamasi or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. or reading a, or like singing in front of It's not the 21st uh-huh. century skills, you know? Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, there is like a huge gap, I think, mm-hmm. between like what being needed or what being mm-hmm. asked from the current yeah, um, job industries with what mm-hmm. the schools taught the kids. Right. So yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I do this mm-hmm. camp, you know, to mm-hmm. at least give like different perspective from them, but hopefully in the long mm-hmm. run, uh, to be like a uh, some lesson learned as well for other organizations or even mm-hmm. the government. We do some uh like small research some uh basic questionnaire right and we do have this data that this kind of um learning methods improve their capability their skills uh way more than just the regular like uh school program or the way yep. uh school especially public school taught their uh 
people. So yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. this can be like like a models for something that even bigger for our educations in the future. Nice. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It seems like I feel like what I've been getting is just the fact that in Indonesia specifically, one of our really main problem is more of a societal issue and just how people perceive, like as what we've mentioned before, how women should be doing more of the household chores and everything along mm-hmm. the line. I feel, I feel like it's still very highly instilled in Indonesia's mind especially yep. in the rural areas and smaller cities as well. I feel like that's yep. definitely more prevalent there. And I just want to know, how do you combat this? Other than, uh, I agree with uh, how Girls Can Lead was able to give the environment for them to be able to grow and get out of this, uh, this kind of societal pressure on them. And mm-hmm. I just want to know, do you have any tips you give to these girls on how do you combat this societal pressure or... Mm. Yeah, what do you or think? Or the general okay. public, actually. Yeah, general public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, for me, it's for uh, as simple as keep uh, keep studying, stay at school. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of the best uh, possible way to, you know, keep educate yourself, be relevant, yeah. and then continue to expand your network through schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's where... Uh, that's one place that um, most of the pe- uh, most of the people who are critical enough or want to be critical yeah. can uh, interact. So mm-hmm. that's that's like the best tip that I can give to them. Um, so that's why like uh, I like this kind of uh, like education related program because mm-hmm. I always believe the the more you know, the more you get the experience mm-hmm. uh, on something, the more you have the platform to talk yep. to network with others the more you have opportunities to grow so yep. it's very basic actually but i think that's the best possible way uh, even until yeah. now to get more mm-hmm. education to educate yourself more and more yeah i agree i agree with that as well mm-hmm. um i think i'll probably divert the topic a little bit into a more spicy topic and dedicate it to uh, the listeners about ROUPKS, which is sure. which mm-hmm. actually it's very uh, commonly misunderstood in social medias as well mm-hmm. so yeah. i personally would say that i don't have the most knowledge on it and, as well but i'm willing to learn which um yeah so what do you think of ROUPKS? why is it important for um mm. women and why is it important for indonesia specifically or mm. if you think it's not important at all yeah yes for me it's important because mm-hmm. uh the fact that even until today we don't have the basic law to protect uh mm-hmm. women who are become not only women sorry Everybody who become the mm-hmm. victim of uh, sexual harassment, it's quite right. sad. So mm-hmm. um, I agree that there are some people uh, that not really into this uh, mm-hmm. like law uh, because of uh, the part about related to abortion. Uh, right. For me, I'm quite pragmatic. Uh, despite of like my personal belief, like I'm quite yeah. Prom- yeah. pragmatic regarding this. Uh, if that's the case, like let's mm-hmm. just talk about mm-hmm. it. But that's not the most important thing in that yeah. uh, RUU, you know. Yeah. The most mm-hmm. important thing is we don't have the basic um, mm-hmm. law to protect the victims. It's right. as simple as that. Uh, yeah. 
But then again, uh, I speak to Samara as well uh, regarding this and the fact why why we don't have like enough support. It's because uh, the women, uh, mm-hmm. why we particularly targeted women because uh, majority of the victims are women. Yeah. Uh, Most of the women are not aware of these issues or are mm-hmm. not well educated enough regarding these issues, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, because of the up- cultural upbringing as well, if they even know about this, uh, most of the time they uh, they uh, they think about this uh, about even if they speak about this, uh, and they need to bring up like some examples in bring mm-hmm. shame towards them, because this mm-hmm. is not something that you want to talk about, you talk know, about being a victim right. of, like, yeah. sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why it's rather hard to uh, eventually sign this law because there mm-hmm. are not enough public support, there are not enough mm-hmm. uh, public support, and hence there are not enough uh, pressure towards the mm-hmm. uh, DPR mm-hmm. to sign this. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, it is important, still very much right. important and relevant yeah. because uh, if you see the numbers, it ke- mm-hmm. it keeps getting higher and higher every year. Mm-hmm. Like right. the number of women who uh, give a report to Komnas Perempuan regarding yep. this yep. Uh, abuse that they yep. experience. Uh, right. And it, it was stated that it's actually even more worse than that because most, mm-hmm. most of the time they don't want to report it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would add my own perspective as well, was that it might also be because of re- lack of representation. Well, I guess it's yes. not the problem is in DPR, but when it comes to law, it's still to the Supreme Court or the national courts or local courts, which yes. majority of the judges are male. Um, yep. I'm not saying that they're incompetent in handling with um, yeah. you know, sexual misconducts, but when um, maybe when women are put in a higher court position they might be able to sympathize further with the victims and yes, um, has like what you said a greater political will to push for this um, yep. policies to pass yes. in the legislation um, so I yeah I think that is also one of the major issue on the ROPKS what do you think Steven? Yeah, definitely. And I'm not sure if it's just a dream or something along that line. But it seems like once the when the issue was trending like uh, somewhere around this year or last year, I feel like I've read some headlines mentioning how uh, people uh, we wouldn't be able to legislate this uh, this RUKS. Is it not? PKS, huh? PKS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's too complicated. Some officials mentioning how it is very complicated. And I feel like now I just got the how, why it is very complicated with how some of the little issues such as abortion and everything along uh, these little details are included and that makes it complicated. And, but definitely, what do you think about that though? Uh, I'm not sure. Have Um, you actually read the headlines before? Um, yeah, actually, it's funny when you said complicated because one of the article that I read as well was that why don't one of the, I guess, people who does not support this law mm-hmm. is like, because there are some, yeah. um, there are some articles in the law that's not just touching on sexual misconduct. For, for example, like increasing the marriage age from 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then the complaints were that why don't you just change the UU Perkawinan and not the why do you have to pass the whole ROPKS? What do you think of mm. like the complexity of the 
Yeah, I guess the message, yeah. uh, the the message is not that clear, you know, to the public, mm-hmm. uh, because there are not much pressure, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, then there's because there's not much pressure from the public, and public mm-hmm. is not uh educated enough to related this issue, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hence. Uh, it's easy. It's so easy to sway them to you know other perspective, other opinions, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, people. Uh, I will say, unfortunately, people who have more uh, like political power and more yep. voice regarding in this issue, it is yep. those from um, religious uh, groups. So that's mm-hmm. why it's easier yeah. to you know uh, bring up this message related to other things that actually mm-hmm. not the main part of the RUU PKS. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I actually do my master uh, thesis regarding this, uh, okay. but focus more on how it's important to have the women grassroots movement to push this kind of agenda. Right. And from what I uh, studied about this movement is. Yep. Uh, Things related to women movement uh, is never a short battle. It's yep. a long battle, and it has to come from the grassroots. Because mm-hmm. uh, as long as women are still minority in politics, yep. women are still uh, minority in basically any leadership uh, position. Uh, yeah. It will still always things like this will still always be a minority issue. And if it's right. a minority issue, the push have to come from the publics, not yeah. the like officials. Okay. So, um, what I can say for now is just keep um, advocating about this. Uh, yep. Keep uh, pushing each other to run for the office, to mm-hmm. reach the highest possible office as they can be, to enter mm-hmm. the public uh, domain. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are passionate about that, because mm-hmm. the change can only be happen from within yeah. the system, easier right. to happen from within the system. Within. Yeah, definitely. It's a very good, very good take. Um, following up to your point, um, I guess I don't know if you know about this or or you have some insights. What would you say is the most important of this um, law, the Airawu PKS, and why, for example? Uh, maybe elaborate a little bit what is the law like currently in Indonesia and why the RU PKS is important to change this law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, from like the section that I learned about, uh, mm-hmm. the current law doesn't have mm-hmm. the uh, like particular statement to mm-hmm. uh, convict uh, the sexual uh sexual predators. Perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perpetrators. Uh, so... The current law only, uh, and it's, I think, lacks the point of, like, having to present um, an evidence. Mm. So, it's heavily uh, emphasized on evidence. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, most of the times when you come up with, um, like, report regarding sexual abuse or harassment mm-hmm. that you are mm-hmm. mm, uh, being a victim of... Uh, you, it's been a lot, quite a long time, and they yeah. don't have that kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. safety net for mm-hmm. women who just come up like couple years after, yep. or even the, or even the what perspective of uh, taking side of the victim first, because mm-hmm. that's how supposed to, uh, that's how supposed to be in terms of sexual mm-hmm. anti-sexual harassment law. Yep. Yeah. So we miss that point. 
So if we don't have the evidence, then oh yeah, you're uh, we we won't even consider to take this case. Right. Be it the police, mm. be it the um, what jaksa? Ah, what is jaksa? How I forgot mm-hmm. the the um, yeah the Supreme Court mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. So that's one of the mm-hmm. missing piece of that. I think one of the cultural aspect of that is that I think currently you are allowed to marry your sexual perpetrators and yes, it's not against and the that law as well. well. And also that mm-hmm. that's the other thing. That's, that's and crazy. yeah, uh mm-hmm. it's because cultural and religious aspect I will say because mm-hmm. us and uh lots of cases especially that happens in uh a country uh in a county uh The girls that being a rape victims uh, get pregnant and they mm-hmm. are forced to marry the perpetrators. Right. And there are yeah. no law to like uh, forbid that to protect the girls. Yep. So it's uh, I or I think it's also related to like sexual education. Mm-hmm. Uh, the case right. that happened in Sumatra is the fact that mm, the girl, she didn't even know that she have a baby. And she didn't know that she faced like a complication and, uh, she actually being sentenced because she do, she performed an abortion on abortion. herself. First, because uh. she didn't know about that. And second, because she do an abortion. That's yeah. interesting. She's actually the victim, but she's the one yep. who's being, um, prosecuted. So Victimized that's you. the missing piece of that law. Oh, wow. Mm. Right. Thanks for the insights. Yeah, um, definitely. Do you have any thoughts on that, Steven, before we move on? Yeah, that's definitely very interesting because it seems like, I, although I heard like a little parts of this mm-hmm. little details, but I feel like as well, uh, we've mentioned before, it's just the lack of public support and public pressure and public mm-hmm. information that we can gain access about these laws and everything. I feel like it seems like I've heard more about how the DPR is planning on Uh, illegalizing alcohol rather than this <laughs> very crucial yeah. issues yeah. <laughs> is it just me i'm not sure <laughs> but i guess that's the case and i feel like that's very crucial in this kind of moments mm-hmm. right now um yeah so we've got sometimes yeah about- i think mm-hmm. it's you mentioned about that it's just like i, I speak about this with my friends a couple of days mm-hmm. ago like mm-hmm. the fact that The political, it's also related to the fact that our political, um, our political access is expensive. So that's mm-hmm. why people treat it as a business when they got mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really, they don't have the political will or something that they want to fighting for. They just see it yep. as another business opportunities. Yeah. Yep, because definitely. they have to pay so much to yep. just mm-hmm. enter the field. So yep. that's why when they enter the field, uh, they'll do it as, uh just like as a, a business yeah. so they never yeah. even thought about like oh we're doing a change uh a changes yeah. bring a changes yeah. in yeah. Yeah. this law or improving mm-hmm. the current existing law what they think yeah. about is just how i can make more money because yeah. i fight I so much to yeah enter this position And I just learned about that as well. It's like a psychological behavior, like loss mm-hmm. aversion. Um, it's when you already lose all that money, like it's a sunk cost, but because you've lost that money, you're trying your best to repay what you've paid when it's already paid, when you can't repay it anymore. But then, yeah, you're right. Then they start to lose track of what, what cause that they're actually fighting for and why they're there mm-hmm. in the first place because they're trying to repay what they've lost. Yep. And that's, 
That's so interesting. To... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I'm hearing about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're already 15 minutes in, so we have like about 10 minutes. Um, but I would give an opportunity for you to maybe explain about your organization and how we as a general publish you have uh, along the way. But um, if you could summarize it and uh, how we could contribute to your organization as well. Um, yeah. Okay. Sure, mm-hmm. thank you, Tal. So mm-hmm. my organization, uh, we're basically uh, a network, I would say, and a social initiative for mm-hmm. and uh, to young women, made mm-hmm. from uh, by young women and for young women. So what we do, it's uh, we we always want to um, educate and share our experience mm-hmm. to especially mm-hmm. the young girls. Our target uh, mostly those who are still in high school and uh, who are still in college. Yeah. Uh, currently, we're still focusing uh, pretty much in the eastern part of Indonesia, but we also do have some programs in Jakarta or its surroundings areas. Mm-hmm. In, in the eastern Indonesia, it's our Girls Camp Leadership Camp. So, uh, like I said, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, it's uh, basically a leadership camp two or mm-hmm. until three days we uh, usually selected like three, 30 to 20 until 30 young girls from yep. those areas and then yep. give them like trainings related to leaderships and citi- mm-hmm. citizenship and how they mm-hmm. can contribute as a, uh, a youth to their mm-hmm. communities. Uh, meanwhile, for the programs in like the in Jakarta areas uh, and in surroundings areas, we usually do like a public talks we we've been collaborate with so many organizations in the past we've collaborated with the u.s embassy we collaborate Mm -hmm. with um we the youth we collaborate Mm -hmm. with canada mission to asean usually just to spark the conversation just just to keep it going you know to speak about why is it important to have women in different uh sectors why we have To why we had to have like more women in the leadership position. Yeah. Uh, our last talks is actually at at America last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have two talks like uh, last year's. Uh, we talk about uh the the journey of women uh leadership in the past 75 yeah. years of Indonesian independence. We also talk about he for she like why we need nice. men support mm-hmm. as well to mm-hmm. uh on these issues. So right. there are yeah couples of our events in the past mm-hmm. in the future how can you guys help stay tuned uh to mm-hmm. uh more info about our organizations on our Instagram nice. on our website you can check okay. our Instagram uh-huh. on girlscandid.org <laughs> uh, yes, yes you can follow us there mm-hmm. or you can fo- uh, also take a look at our website girlscandid.org mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hopefully in the future we can do more leadership camps in other cities in Indonesia nice. we've been yeah. getting a lot of like um, requests to Request. do yep. it mm-hmm. in Papua to do it in so uh Sumatra to do it even in other cities mm-hmm. in Java's uh and yeah we just uh we try as best as we can because we're actually mm-hmm. a bunch of professionals as well hopefully nice. one day we can do this full time but in the yes. meantime like um the way you can support us is just to uh follow just through following our social medias yep. probably joining us if we do have like uh a talks uh, that yep. uh going on mm-hmm. And uh, maybe uh, 
if there's an opportunity become mm-hmm. like a trainer as well in the our upcoming uh, girls camp with leadership camp nice yeah thank you for that um, summary um, I guess for closing we would uh, I guess we could conclude with little tips on for the general public on how we could support women into politics um, which mm-hmm. you've um, kind of addressed uh, like keep studying but maybe one one of each from us or two of each from us okay yeah. sure can start. in terms mm-hmm. of that i think wha- what i've done uh like to stay updated and then like uh mm-hmm. to s- be involved more in politics what you can yeah. do is firstly just uh vote that's the most important right. thing And second, uh, if possible, uh, either joining a political party as a member yep. or simply try to meet like uh, your local politician. Ask okay. for their time. If there, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, I'll bet there are so many like negative views related of like politician in Indonesia, yep. but you can still, uh, especially recently in the past three uh, to five years, You, you mm-hmm. can find like a couple of police stations that actually really care about their constituent that really like working hard to uh, mm-hmm. represent the voice that uh, voting fought for them in the past nice. so yeah. uh, try to talk to them joining mm-hmm. probably their campaign or come to their mm-hmm. office do internship some mm-hmm. of my friends doing that and eventually become yeah. like the their uh, special aid so you can learn more than about like how the world is actually mm-hmm. and you can give like some contribution uh, contribution yes. as well uh, from mm-hmm. your own perspective as a young generation so try to find that network mm-hmm. try to find that mm-hmm. opportunities to engage thank yeah. you definitely for what me i guess mm-hmm. for me what i can say is what we've mentioned previously before as well as how i feel like in this moment right now especially the gen z and millennials we have such a strong voice mm-hmm. through all of these social medias like tiktok mm-hmm. and youtube mm-hmm. and i feel like that's where we've been getting most of our information from so like how we can really help in this kind of situation is through public information and just mm-hmm making this conversation and it aligns on why me and natalia created this podcast in the first place as well mm-hmm. we want to initiate yes. this conversations to bring mm-hmm. it through your friends to just in a chill manner and mm-hmm. just making sure that everybody is aware about what's happening in indonesia right now and all these little things that we can improve just solely by starting the talk right i agree awesome. i guess that's yeah. what i want to say thank you so you, much man? guys for doing this yeah Yeah, that's oh. really great. Yeah, I guess for me, it'll be, um, yeah, get informed, definitely, because I think it's a privilege to be able to look further on what's mm. going on in Indonesian politics yep. or anywhere yeah, in the world. Definitely. And not everyone has the opportunity to do that. So please yeah. do that. Um, dig deeper and don't just trust the, um, you know, social mm-hmm. media because sometimes True. they are um biased um and do petitions as well um i think there are petitions going on for um at opks uh, as an mm-hmm. example and something's going on yeah but i guess that's it for me um i think i'm really we're really honored just even to have you um yeah here we're so honored thank you so much um, for having yeah. me it's I so good to talk about this 
Yeah, definitely. It's been uh, an amazing conversation and yeah. an insightful one, I hope. And we are really inspired with like the work that you do and hoping that um, this could, you know, shine some Thank light you. to some issues back home. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yep, yep. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Should we all say bye? Um, just all for right. the audience of three, <laughs> yeah. two, one. Bye. Bye. bye.